welcome to B-Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by and uh, we ignore it. Look at the movies that came out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in London. I'm here with my man, Sam. Sam, how you doing, my dude? I'm good, man. I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm good, my dude. You have a good weekend. You keep a good energy. Had a good weekend. Met some friends. Did some exercise. Got tonk legs now. Got tonk legs. Is that is is tonk like the new hinge? I'm sorry, I'm not in the streets like you are. I think tonk is. The, I think tonk. Tonk. I, I don't. I mean, we said it when we were kids. I don't know if it's still around. All right. So that means it is categorically not still around. <laughs> <laughs> no if, one says that. Uh, yeah. Please, uh, please write in if you still say tonk. Uh, dude, we watched two movies. Uh, this week we watched the very interesting Legally Blonde. And at the same time, that's the one starring uh, Reese Witherspoon, unless there's anyone else that I'm not avail- uh, not aware of. Um, and the other one is Made, M-A-D-E, starring Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, the spiritual sequel to their film Swingers. So it's mm. very much like the, the runaway bride to their pretty woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we want to work together. We want to tell another story, but uh, it wouldn't make sense to make a sequel but yeah um legally blonde is the first one we watched have you watched it before yeah i saw this i think i saw this when it came out when i, I would have been about 11 this is 2003 am i right 2000 no 2000 2001 both of these movies legally blonde you saw it when you were 11 what did you think uh at the time loved it absolutely loved it at the time at the time are you telling me that you didn't fuck with it that much this time around i fucked with it so hard again oh on a rewatch i was like i, I was like it's a classic there's 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 a lot of instant cancels there's a lot that's aged very badly but i kind of i kind of still dug it man i was like you know what this and but this is this is the caveat legally blonde is very much like a sunday movie if you're hungover if you've just had a party if you just wanted to lie in and didn't want to get out of bed this is the this is that kind of movie do you know what i mean there, w- there was a part of me that was like legit worried about what you and i watching legally blonde to be like is this gonna be like as two dudes two uh hetero dudes watching legally blonde is this gonna be like two white people watching i don't know boys in the hood <laughs> <laughs> I... two, two white people watching 12 years a slave and then being like that was so powerful but uh, just one thing yeah yeah i know i know what you mean i know I feel that fear, but I feel like the films we watched this week are uh, polar ends of the masculine and feminine sides of what's what's the word I'm looking for? Disposition in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. I feel like this is the two extremes of those fantasies. Man, I will say that Legally Blonde. I I, I enjoyed it. Mm. I'd only I'd seen it before, but the only thing that had stuck in my mind is Jennifer Coolidge doing the um, bend and snap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. only thing that stuck in my mind. Uh, but then when I went back, I was like, oh, shit, there's, like, more stuff before this and also more stuff after this. Dude, uh, can, can I say what, like, struck out to me immediately is this is um, one of the least diverse movies I've seen mm. in a long time. It's actually notable how far we've come in 15, 16, 17 years. Where, no, 19 years. So 19, I'm saying, yeah. 19 years, almost 20, in, uh, in the sense that... Uh, this is like I was like, man, the, there's no black people. At the end, there's like a black judge, mm. but that almost highlights how few yeah. black people have been before that. 
yeah, where yeah. when she gets in the end you're like oh shit this isn't just like you know like a david duke fever dream like this is, <laughs> there's actually this world existed here um but uh also dude i found the protagonists really interesting watching this as a grown-ass man um shout outs to uh oh by the way dude i watched midsummer oh yeah um shout shoutouts to um florence pew shout outs to florence pew's boyfriend in that who is a toxic king yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought about him when I was uh, when I was watching El Woods's uh, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, good shout. <laughs> yeah, he was like, my man, this the the toxic masculinity, all time highs, yeah, all time yeah. highs uh, for this guy. Uh, but, it's, uh, and it, it's, yeah. it, they are two two films about two uh, blonde white women overcoming adversity. Shout out to my blonde white women out here. Um, <laughs> one of the most oppressed groups. In- <laughs> In uh, the history of the world, discriminated against. Yeah, that's what Eminem was rapping about. You know, have you ever been hated and discriminated against? I have. That's what he was saying. He was talking about being a uh, rich, successful blonde white woman. Okay, let's 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 quickly. Do, do you want to run us through the plot, or should I run us through? Go, the go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Mandy, go ahead. So, legally blonde is about Elle Woods, the the sorority queen. Um, she is. She has everything. She has money, popularity. She's like a fashion major. And then her perfect boyfriend dumps her because he needs to get serious about going to Harvard Law School and marry somebody his family thinks is appropriate. So, in a in a bid to get him back, she just decides to study real hard, right? Just just fucking kills it, really, and just gets accepted into Harvard. Um, now my girl crushes it. She crushes it straight up. Absolutely destroys it. Then she gets, and then she gets into Harvard. She's doing law. Then her ex-boyfriend now has a new fiance in Selma Blair, his old like what preschool girlfriend or something, his high school girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of shows himself to be a dick. And on this path, Reese Witherspoon essentially gets taken on as a, an intern for a real murder case. Not only does she provide you know, like valuable advice because everything is to do with fashion. Of course, like the, the murder, um, the accused is like a, a fashionista who's all about dieting and exercise. And she, and, and, and of course the crime ultimately is solved by a wet perm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Reese Witherspoon essentially takes over the entire case and just crushes it in front of everyone all the time. Man, she was, she's incredible. Um, I have to say, I watched this joint with my partner who loves it and connects to this movie in a way that at points where I was like going like, ha, yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. She was like, Oh really? Motherfucker. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the energy you're going to keep right now. Oh, huh? I see. It's so like, if it was an anime, like it would just have been like horizontal, uh, close up like, to her eyes. She's like, really my dude, really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Too cool. Huh? Wow. <laughs> Pay attention. What are you doing? I was like, oh shit. Like, I need to, you know, I need to be there. In a defense, I would do this. If, if we were watching like Heat or Goodfellas, I'd still be like, no, no, no. Concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what was interesting? Someone else, I was talking about this because like, this is uh, an interesting part, part in the movie that kind of like, is interesting. I, I don't get why she goes for Luke Wilson. I get, right. I get, I get why she goes away from the, the guy before. Warner, toxic, the, uh, the, Warner, yeah. our toxic Don. Um, <laughs> yeah, the guy who texts you a couple of days after. I was like, yeah, see, I've just been thinking about, you know. Yeah. I, I can understand why she goes away from him, but she goes to Luke Wilson, who is a vacuum. Yeah. 
He's got no personality whatsoever. He's not even like particularly attractive or particularly um, unattractive. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of straight down the middle, just like, you know, plain lays. I think the reason is, is that like you, that needs to happen because otherwise the movie doesn't become about L, you know, overcoming and becoming a lawyer. The movie becomes about her moving from one dude to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what I think is super important about that, actually, is how he is a vacuum, right? It's because actually, he's a vacuum, but what he's really good at is practicing law. <laughs> and it's like, and and that's the thing he sees the virtue. He never, at any point during the film, pursues her and she never pursues him. Uh, and I quite like, right, I quite like that as a, a, a sort of love interest in a movie. Because I don't know about you, but like there haven't been many relationships where I've been like, Within the first week of knowing somebody, I've been like, God damn, I've got to buy a boombox, roller skates, like a whole bunch of gear yeah. to win somebody back. Gotta I'm just like, up, got to roll up my uh, blazer sleeves all the way to, <laughs> to my elbows. You know what I mean? I've just always been like, with somebody with similar interests or maybe in the same environment and been like, yeah, yeah, this is it's nice. It's ultimately, I think it's probably for the time, it's the right choice. Mm. But it does mean that the movie ages a little bit. Because it, I would say that it, 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 he doesn't need to exist. Mm. Her journey would be as fulfilling if she didn't even have him. But I suspect there's probably like a male exec or someone who's gone like, yeah, but she's got to have a dude, right? She's got to get married. Otherwise, she's going to die old and alone. Like, I mean, some dude with chewing on like a cigar and like, yeah, but you got you gotta yeah, yeah. to give the broads what they want, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, she's almost 21. What is she? A well, fucking like, spinster? Right. My favorite scene in this movie is the dude from Titanic. The captain of the Titanic is trying to like sexually harass uh, Reese Witherspoon. And Selma Blair, who up until this point have, like was kind of like antagonistic with Elle, but they started to kind of make a connection, you know. And uh, she oh, sees, uh, she's eavesdropping and she sees um, captain of the Titanic make a move mm. towards Elle. And she just leaves immediately. Not see staying to see how this plays out she's just like oh yeah she's a you know she's a temptress a seductress has a go at at l at reese and then the next day um she finds out that uh luke wilson uh tells her that no this is not the case that mm. this guy is a creep and she uh says oh i've made a huge mistake I legit laughed out loud. I don't, I wanted I wanted the curb your enthusiasm. What are you doing? What are you doing? You this is how you're gonna assassinate someone's character of that three seconds? Yeah. It was pretty funny. Um Dude, should we talk about uh talk about Maid? Let's get on to Maid. Uh, made 2001, um, I think it's writ- written, directed by uh, your man, John Favreau. Mm. And uh, it's, yeah, again, it's a spiritual sequel to, uh, it's a spiritual sequel to Swingers, which, do you, do you have a fond memory of Swingers or do you remember that? A bit, so, like, super vague. I really don't remember anything apart from, like, the cast and the cinematography, man, because it kind of keeps up, kind of carries over to this film. And I, re- I remember being like, yeah, that's what I like about these movies. Yeah, Made is an interesting film. Again, M-A-D-E, Made. Because mm. um, I like the idea of Vince Vaughn and John Favreau being like a less good-looking version of uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. He's like hot young upstarts making their little indie movies. Mm. And um, uh, the movie that John Favreau chooses to make is about these guys who kind of like see themselves as like Rat Pack guys, like cool guys. Like Swingers was like uh, all about like Vegas. They wore suits. Like, like oh, they, they called each other money. That was Vince Vaughn's thing. It's like, oh, that's money, baby. That was like mm. what he added to the to the lexicon but what about this one have you seen made before we decided never, to watch this guy never seen it it's first time first time watch so give us give us the uh, plot summary all right so um john favreau we like john favreau and vince vaughn are boxing favreau's trying to be a boxer right but he can't he can't get a winning record um and work it they're both working class dudes they're cleaning sort of like houses they're, they're on they're working on building sites um for like uh, homes like luxury homes they're kind of abused and Favreau drives his partner his girlfriend who is stripping to jobs so mm. what we're what we're seeing is Favreau has got this um, Famke Janssen right that's how you say her name I was waiting for you to say it because I've never said it out loud okay uh, uh, Jean Grey from X-Men is the is the girlfriend she's stripping so obviously Favreau is there at these private events watching her get handled by all these like gross dudes. Oh my god, dude. Shout outs to all of the dudes in the background of uh, the Requiem for a Dream ass to ass scene. (laughs) Right. I was like, these guys are grim. Okay, I don't know if you spotted this, but shout out to, again, and this was, this blew my mind. Intro scene, right? Famke Janssen's getting manhandled by this guy. Favreau jumps in fights the guy right and in the background there's a guy with another stripper getting led off to what is implied is some sex for money right implied right that guy though that actor not an actor that's tom morello again i i I did notice that i was like holy shit that's tom morello and john favreau in two movies on this podcast that is weird that's yeah. a weird little runner. I don't know if you can continue that for much longer. I feel like that, I think that's a very short uh, runway on that particular B plot. Bro, I'm waiting for Chef 2, Chef Against the Machine, man. That's oh what God. I want to see. Chef 2, Sheffer and Sheffer. This um, protest food. But dude, uh, yeah, so John Sorry. Favreau is in love with Famke Jensen and he's kind of overprotective and he's kind of doing a, a, big, a bit of a Drake vibe where he's like, you know, why you gotta be like that and do mm-hmm. the life... The way that is not the way that I like it. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But is a but is a very attentive stepdad slash uncle figure to her. Well, I want to say six, seven year old daughter, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they're obviously struggling for money, and he's like burdened with Vince Vaughn, his shit talking mate, who is without a doubt the most irritating character I've ever seen in anything where I'm invested. If Vince, Vince Vaughn's only reason for existing is to make things difficult for Favreau but Vince Vaughn is such an entertaining person that you Mm. can also understand why Favreau wants him around yeah so okay I I think it was about 40 minutes 40-45 minutes into this film where I was like I think this is what okay let me let me talk this out because this is a complicated it's a complicated idea for me talk it up my dude open your third eye talk it up right here it is is that in the mainstream, right, in mainstream media, especially historically, we've seen a lot of stereotypes of, like, all people who aren't straight white men, right? We've seen we've seen everything, like, black people, Asian people, gay people, women. We've seen all of these stereotypes played on screen as, like, 
And we do it. We do our instant cancel moment. What's this offensive bit? What's this like unintentionally offensive bit? I feel like Vince Vaughn in this movie is what all other races think of stereotypes for white people. Okay. In the sense that what? In the sense that he is, he's so irritating. He never shuts up. He always walks in like he's super entitled to whatever's in the room and he's an Mm -hmm. idiot. But when people talk to him like an idiot, he's like offended. Like this is a grave injustice. He's like, no, you can't talk to me like that. I came in here and I said this dumb shit. I have to say, I mean, I can't say that you're wrong, but I will also say that, man, I fucking loved Vince Vaughn in this. I feel like he lit up every scene because Vince Vaughn in this film portrays a particular kind of friend that every dude that I know has had at some point or is a role that he has occupied at some point. The role of the fuck up friend Mm -hmm. who just makes every situation worse, who can't just do a simple thing where like I... I don't have these friends anymore, but I've been on nights out with, with people. And then your mate, he was like, oh, guys, let's bring people around to a party. And then your guy brings a friend of his. And then you ask him, like, how do you know this guy? It's like, oh, no, I just met him outside the pub. And I'm yeah. like, and you brought him to my house? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is wrong with you? The same kind of guy who's like, oh, yeah, just, you know, uh, comes, comes to pick you up from your house. And it's like, oh, dude, let's just go uh, quickly down to the pub. And then, and you're like, yeah, cool, let's go, let's go. And then before he does that, it's like, oh, dude, let me just stop off. I have to go pick up something from this guy. And you're like, mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, I, was, I, I was hanging at a bus stop and this guy had this wicked knife. And I was like, why don't you come to this bar mitzvah? Oh, my God. This type of friend, if you are this guy, please stop it, man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. You, can't go, you can't go on a night out. You can't go on a night out. Everyone's just hanging out hanging out the dude's outside he has a plan he's like yo 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 dude like how about how about we pick up some some coke whatever it's like my dude it's two in the afternoon what are you doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you doing why are you escalating the situation <laughs> stop it yeah stop it yeah yeah oh my god and vince vaughn plays this guy to a t yeah yeah it's the definition of a liability it's that feeling as well of like when you hang out with somebody too much and you realize i haven't been to a club in five years without leaving of my own accord do you know what i mean like i've always been thrown out um but basically kind of go yeah yeah. sorry but go ahead the premise uh the premise of that is uh so he kind of he's in debt to uh, a very um uh gnarled uh peter falk Mm. who is again can my man's eye is just all the way shut it's basically on, <laughs> it's just on the other side of his head my dude yeah. this guy cannot see a damn thing he he has fought at least 60 professional boxing bouts if you if you believe <laughs> this guy's face and um he basically he, he feels some type of way he's quite uh quite sweet on on john Favreau, mm. and he gives him a job yeah, so so Peter Fork is obviously this kind of like organized crime, half legit, half laundering thing, trying to look out for Favreau. And Favreau's always trying to look out for his mate Vince Vaughn, so he's always trying to get him on these jobs. The, the, the job he's given them is this, obviously it's like making a drop. They don't know what, they don't know where, they don't know to who, they don't know anything. All they're allowed to take is the pages and their sort of $1,500 uh, reimbursement to go to New York. And, and make this drop where they go and the person they're meeting is P. Diddy, a.k.a. Sean Combs. Before they meet P. Diddy, they meet uh, at the airport. They get picked up by your man, Big Pussy. Oh, from, from the uh, Sopranos. Sopranos, yeah. And, and did you notice the other Sopranos cameo? Adriana. Yes, Adriana. Adriana yeah. is in there as well, yeah. So 
They're on this job, and the whole time Vince Vaughn is fucking it up, getting more and more paranoid. He then becomes convinced that Peter Falk has sent them there to kill them because there'll be to no get, qu- to get them killed. You mean to get them killed? Yeah, to yeah. get to get Vince Vaughn and Favreau killed because uh, f- yeah, Vince Vaughn's fucked up too many jobs already at this point. He's like, yeah, he's out, he's out to get me. And they just go on a kind of like whirlwind half adventure of just thinking things that aren't happening are happening. It's, 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 it's almost a comedy of errors. It is. It is very good in that sense. In the um, they go through like kind of these series of of places to places. They meet Big Puss. Big Puss drives them to meet uh, P Diddy. Who and I, I've seen reviews where they say you P Diddy's performance quite good. And I was like, nah, dude. I my man. This was his first movie. My man clearly did not do the online acting uh, <laughs> masterclass. Like he did not pay the sixty dollars to subscribe to that course because he was not good. He he was not at all convincing to me. Yeah. Um, and it's also uh, he kind of like uh, he, he swears at them a lot. I like him and Vince Vaughn. I like Vince Vaughn um, again, the champion of escalating minor situations. Mm. Um, I find that very amusing. Yeah, so uh, the film the film winds up really with them getting the they're they're about to make it to this Scottish guy, right? And I can't I, where I, where do I know this actor from? You've know you know him from The Departed. I think I'm thinking of something else. I don't know why I'm thinking of something else, but I think I know. Anyway, irrelevant the, to, to to make the drop to the Scottish guy. So they Sorry, they, so they, they meet the Scottish guy and I, Favreau and Vaughn accompany accompany um, Diddy. To meet this the Scottish guy, and they have to do something, but it's not really clear what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously Vince Vaughn's still fucking it up, running his mouth like he sh- stuff he shouldn't know that he's you know claiming to know, making it tenser and tenser until they wind up finally getting to this deal. The the guys that are with O'Hara, the the Scottish guy, are um, waiting to kill them all and take the money. So they're just mm. these sort of chances, and ultimately Vince Vaughn's kind of saves the day. Yeah, because he was right. Because um, even though he was not supposed to bring a gun, and you know, Favreau plays the kind of straight man. He's always like trying to be sensible. They have a long discussion about it um, in a very good scene. I think they're like uh, by the penguins for some reason. Um, they have a big uh, disagreement about whether or not they should buy a gun to take it to this meet. Because to be fair to Vaughn, Vaughn's character, there is a little bit of a an implication that you know. Uh, Peter Falk is not all he's cracked up to be. Uh, Famke Jansen says as much says as much to um, to Favreau, and so there is there is this kind of idea that like you know maybe this this deal this deal isn't supposed to go the way that it's supposed to go, and it it, it all comes to a head at this meeting. Okay, so let's w- like wind up the film here, right? Is it's all this deal's all gone wrong? Favreau and Vaughn make it back to Peter Falk, who is clearly kind of trying to play off like he's not upset or, you know, he's, he's, he's playing it cool. And he's basically like, he takes Vince Vaughn's cut of the money and says, this is for the truck of mine that you owe me uh, and gives Favreau his money and says, uh, next time, you know, take a, take a week, take a week. And then, you know, the next job's coming. And Favreau's like, I don't think there, there isn't going to be a next job because Favreau's main motivation this whole time is to get his girlfriend and her daughter out of her having to strip, mm. right? And to, to provide support. So he goes home and he finds Famke Jansen with 
the guy who was fondling her at the club or the, yeah. the, the, the event at the beginning doing cocaine in the bed um, and Favreau kind of plays it cool and he's like how could but this is the bit then he goes how could you let your daughter see you like this you know she's a great kid she's a special kid and all this and Famke Hansen says take her just take her and then Favreau walks out into the living room and we have this moment where he's he's sort of kneeling down he's talking to the kid and he says um, me and your mum just had a little talk and we thought maybe it'd be a good idea if we could go on a trip for a little time. And before he can finish talking, the girl just gets up and hugs him. And you're like, oh, oh, she yeah. wants to go. She hates Beautiful, she hates beautiful. This. And, Favre, and this is the other thing. John Favreau, there's a scene, this is sort of seeded really early in the movie, where uh, Famke Jensen makes her daughter a grilled cheese sandwich. And the daughter's like, I don't want grilled cheese. I, I hate cheese. I hate cheese. And Favreau's like, well, I'll cook something I'll cook something for you. And she goes, you're not my dad. And he's like, okay, well, you want to give me a hard time or you want to eat dinner? What do you want? Right. <laughs> and, um, and he makes a spaghetti and Favreau loves food, man. You know, he yeah. made chef. He's got that cooking show. He can obviously cook. It's yeah. great. Like watching him cook in this movie, I was like, okay, yeah. If I feel like he's used being one of the most successful film writers and directors, like as a stepping stone to get to having his cooking show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel it. I feel um, that, and and I felt that, I felt that scene as well. I thought it was really. I remember that that was beautiful, and I, that's why I was thinking this movie is a little bit too short, right? Because that's tacked onto the beginning and tacked onto the end. I think it would have been. I don't know how you do this, but maybe you make Famke Jansen more important, mm. and you kind of give a little bit more insight into her struggle, and then through her, an insight into her daughter's struggle. Yeah. Um, but like it was 90 minutes like I'd be happy for there to be another 30 minutes where we just kind of you know like earn that a little bit more because it does there's like a wild tonal shift Mm. between them coming back from this ridiculous um, kind of shaggy dog story and uh, him her this daughter being basically just embracing him and then me going to Chuck E. Cheese in six mm. months. I, 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 that's the one part where I'm just like, oh man, I wish, I wish there's, I wish there was more because they d- done the hard part. They made yeah. an entertaining movie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You might want to explain Shaggy Dog Story to some of the people listening. Yeah, it's a long story uh, with a series of kind of unconnected events that uh, ultimately does not end up uh, meaning anything. Mm. That's a shaky dog, right? I've got yeah, that right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fucking crush that, mate. <laughs> I see you, dude. You put me on the spot. You know, I would crumble, but I roast. I roast to the occasion. Um, yeah, man. But uh, anything else that we want to talk about made before we head into the categories? Because I think we've covered the, the broad strokes of it. Uh, what else did you think about it? Uh, so, okay. I mean, we're going we're gonna to get into this in categories. So... Boom! Categories! <laughs> Categories. <laughs> right, begin. Uh, so, on the B-plot, um, and we're not going to explain this every time, so keep listening throughout the episodes so that mm. uh, we can skip this section eventually. Uh, we have set categories, and uh, that's how we analyze these films. And uh, one of the categories is, um, is instant cancellation. Now, Instant cancellation is something that's like, yeah, it was kind of okay in 2001, but like now in 2020 when we were recording this, not so much. Um, what would you say is an instant cancellation that stood out to you between Made and uh, Legally Blonde? Okay, in Legally Blonde, right, we're going back to the, the, the diversity element If there is, really there is one black character, the judge who has lines in the film. But before that, I don't know if you remember when she first arrives at Harvard, she's sort of put on the spot 
by one of her professors to answer a question that she can't answer. And to segue into it, the teacher just starts slapping the only black student with a pencil on the head, just out of nowhere for no reason for surprise. I'm going to go with that for my cancel. Yes, I agree with you. The diversity is, is absolutely outrageous. The weirdly woke moment for me in both of these films is there's a scene in Made where um, Vince Vaughn uh, get these two girls back to the club. One of the girls is um, Adriana from The Sopranos. But mm. uh, her girlfriend, who I also recognize, I swear I've seen her in like, CSI or something. She was one of the brides in Van Helsing. All right, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> dignify that with, <laughs> yeah, with yeah, a response because yeah. she doesn't even dude if you, she doesn't even remember making that movie. Um, but no, what the, the moment is where she's like she's gonna take off her shoes and she's her, but like whatever I don't know for my feet I got a bunion and Vince Vaughn what a beautiful man what does he say now, that bunions that bunions part of you it's beautiful <laughs> yeah. I was like man this guy is a sweetheart. This guy is a sweetheart. I love you, even your bunions. Beautiful, beautiful. Shout out to Vince Vaughn. Body pretty, positive. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure immediately after that, Sam Rockwell, by the way, shout out, one of the greatest actors, obviously getting like a start here, um, who plays the the bellboy, like the room mm. service, immediately comes in. I'm pretty sure Vince Vaughn calls him gay and then throws a drink on him and then tells him to get the fuck out of his room. He does do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the on, on a weirdly woke thing, Okay, but this was also right. So Vince Vaughn is so homophobic that he's there's uh, there's a point where they're picked up by like an all black biker gang, mm-hmm. and Vince Vaughn is uh, uncomfortable with hugging a shirtless man. He's, uh, he just keeps calling that guy gay. I'm like the flip. I think is that actually like black biker gangs pretty woke. That's that is thing. pretty work. That is pretty work. That shout outs to um the movie talk <laughs> and uh the T O R Q U E and uh, <laughs> Biker Boys, which I swear to God must have come out like within six months of each other. Yeah. I remember them in the in the top of my Ice Cube was a biker in one of them. Um never forget. Yeah. Actually um, actually the woker moment, so I've just remembered. Mm. Uh and this is the thing, you can tell this film is written and directed and made by white people because all the music in the club is Jurassic 5 and Tribe Called Quest. Oh, man. Thank you so much for bringing this up because this did bother me when I was watching. I was like, this is a clear example of a white person choosing hip-hop music for a club. (laughs) So you're telling me Pete Diddy, orchestrator of some of the greatest hits (laughs) in rap history, (laughs) is going to a club where they play Jurassic 5 and a Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Uh, and this is the thing. I'm like, I know <laughs> I know this is like a white guy doing a club scene because this is my fucking iPod, man. Yeah, I, I also did uh, this other thing. I was like, yo, Sam probably fucks with all of this. Like, Bro, I, like, oh, I love Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> love Jurassic, Jurassic 5 has the whitest fan base of yeah. any rap group I've ever... Not a single person of color has ever come up to me and be like, we have to live... Oh, I was like, no. I will not- say this. I'm more ashamed in front of my white friends for not knowing as much of Jurassic 5's back catalogue as they do. That's uh, like Hamilton. That's like how, like, Hamilton yeah. is loved. Uh, a friend of mine just told me to... A, fr- uh, a non-white friend of mine just told me to watch Hamilton. It's the first time I listened, except for the fact that I found out, right, I had no interest in Hamilton. But then I did find out that Black Thought is one of the main consultants on the rapid, and I was like, ah, he is. He is, he is great. He is great. He's not the one rapping though, is he? He's not. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not the one rapping though. 
Um, but the reason yeah. I bring that up for the weirdly woke moment is because the whole time they're in, the whole time they're with P. Diddy, uh, Vince Vaughn keeps trying to appropriate this kind of like black street slang from America, like New York street slang of the 90s. And P. Diddy kind of calls him out and like, fuck your like MTV Cribs real world bullshit. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of, I think for two like Italian Jewish white guys, and this is kind of woke as a conversation to have in your movie. Yeah, for and them to, because obviously the, the the point being that like uh, these guys learn to be gangsters or what they present to be gangsters, they learned it from TV. They learned mm-hmm. it from that kind of anyway. Um, genre blender. So genre blender is a category where we take a movie, we turn it ten degrees to the left. So it's this kind of movie. What what else could it have been? For me, the real thing is Legally Blonde. Mm. Legally Blonde, I think can be a beautiful um, uh, story about a young lesbian lady um, who is oppressed and pushed to the margins as she tries to make it in Harvard. Um, I think there is a beautiful queer film, queer yeah. drama in, in Legally Blonde because I love it. Also, come on, guys, let's stop this, all right? There's this lady there. She's like, oh, I'm a lesbian. I'm into feminism, whatever. They make... If in your mind, I don't know what you're picturing, if you can picture the most stereotypical lesbian outfit that they give this lady. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. might as well have been wearing flannel, my dude. Like, they right. they went all in on that. I was like, you guys can do a little bit better than this. Oh, yeah, that woman is chopping treats. That's what she's doing. Yeah, I was like, come on, guys. Let's let's try a little bit harder than this. But, like, if you t- you could turn the movie, the entire movie about her. Yeah, sorry. Your jo- if you had to genre blend, if you had to turn this guy ten degrees to the left, what would you do? Yeah, I'm. T- well, I mean, it's. I've already said it, like, Legally Blonde is already so close. If you change the tone to being Aaron Brockovich, and I'm like, I want it to be like based on a true story. That's what. That's the version I want to see. I want to see the story of the first lawyer that broke a murder case <laughs> through fashion knowledge, and I want the intricacies <laughs> of that. <laughs> The first blonde lawyer. There'd never yeah. been any blondes. <laughs> yeah. All the blondes that ever showed up to Harvard had to die there. Shamefully live with that secret shame. And once the roots started coming out, they'd have to be like, no, no, no. I can't do it. I have to wear a beret now. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Let's people discover my shameful secret. I, I wear primary colors. Oh my God. What a heretic. Yeah. This person is the worst. <laughs> I want to see it set in England so that the reveal, or like you know, all the all the barristers and all the fucking lawyers are wearing the wigs, and it turns out they all have perms, <laughs> every single one of them, and they're like, we knew. <laughs> like I am Spartacus. Like the, <laughs> yeah. the barristers take off that wig one by one, and she takes it off. She's the first one, and then the judge is like, I am blonde all along. That's beautiful, what I want to beautiful. See. Yeah, I think that would fuck. That would be a great movie. That would be hilarious. Um, uh, we have one more uh, category. What else do we have, my dude? Freaky we have Freaky Friday. Friday. Freaky Friday. Yeah. So if you can swap characters between these two movies, you can move the one to the other. What would you do? I'm I'm straight up swapping Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, man. The uh, I want to see I want to see what John Favreau does in like these tense situations with somebody who is really smart but kind of acts like an idiot and is like really interested they're almost the same character if you think about the world is different but uh reason can't stop being distracted by like fashion and chic and whatever that to the point where it ultimately ends up solving the case and vince vaughn can't stop his fucking paranoia which ultimately ends up saving the day yeah 
And I want to see Vince Vaughn trying to be in the sorority. Do you know what I mean? I want to see him trying to get away with, like, Beta Sigma Gamma, whatever the fucking Hulk shit is. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. There's, there's something there to be said for that. I would swap Peter Falk mm-hmm. and um, Jennifer Coolidge. I would swap... I want Jennifer Coolidge to be this kind of criminal uh, mastermind boss. Yeah. Um, I'd be okay with it if she harasses uh, Vaughn or um, Favreau a little bit. Just give it a little bit of something, you know, a little bit of spice. Mm. Make sure, you know, she's not actually a good person just because she's a woman. She's also a scumbag. Yeah. Um, I would have Peter Falk be a struggling, a, a struggling uh, beauty salon technician um, yeah. who is uh, in a uh, weird kind of abusive relationship or was in one and he is just trying to catch the eye of uh, the beautiful uh, delivery driver mm. that's what I would that's what I would do if I would I would have Peter Falk in there just filing nails <laughs> and uh, doing bending snaps just with his gnarled <laughs> eye all of the yeah. nails all filed a little bit too much to the left. That's what I want to see. In my day, nails were called acrylics. Uh, and uh, one more thing, one more thing. <laughs> you, want, uh, <laughs> you want me to do your toes? You want the gel? Uh, uh, one more thing, one more thing. Um, that's what I would want. That's what I would want. Yeah. I think that's it for the day. I think that's it for the B-Plot boys for today, my dude. I think that's yeah. it for, for B-Plot gang. Um, I just want to say uh, shout out to everyone who's been uh, subscribing and liking uh, we've got a few reviews as well all been positive so very happy about that um, and uh, we're very happy you guys are enjoying uh, the show but anyway man thanks so much it's been a, it's been a fun little episode fun little movie uh, fun both of these yeah. uh, both of these joints enjoyed them um, uh, so we will catch you guys next time peace